Start recording. No, you know, what's cool is that we get a few minutes before we start start the actual pod. So we can obviously cut it, but this gives us a little bit of a runway to kind of just be comfortable with talking on recording. And I've seen some other pods do that. So I was like, why not? You know what I'm saying? And all the banter that we were having just now was funny as shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. <laughs> well, we got Ghostface over there. Just yeah. Jay still Ghostface. <laughs> We're oh, like, we're gonna yeah. start at twelve twenty. Ten minutes later, his superpower is invisible. <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> it's that clubhouse difficulty revisiting us. The ghost of clubhouse. <laughs> I don't even think he can hear us. To be honest, it Let's see what we're hearing us. We're enjoying oh, ourselves. Man. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, okay, yes. that's what Ted like we weren't talking about. Yeah, shit. He don't know it's recording. Swiftly, quickly. What is he doing? What are you ready by a new run, one? Run, run, cool, run, run. Oh, okay. He gonna be a little shocked to hear this. Yeah. So Jay, we was no, recording. Yeah, I've already seen his name brand. Yeah, I mean, I, What's good? listen, y'all, we can choose what we put out, man. But we are gonna have fun in the meantime. So yes, we're recording. You know what I'm saying? Mic check. One, two, one, two. Everybody's yeah. in the motherfucking building. Y'all here? Hilarious. Y'all, y'all good now? Y'all situated? Yeah. You got yeah, your I'm black collar on. I love it. I come up a little bit? Hold on. Yeah, I feel like, damn, Jay, me and you, like, look at, man, are we matching, yeah, my nigga? Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I said happened, y'all matching. Y'all twins. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh, wait, it's I think like... that's going to be my best behavior, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we, we are great minds think alike. You know what I mean? You that's can't what I said. You know what I mean? Look, look, I support it. You feel me? No. The truth is, we all had a meeting and we all said we was going to do this, but somebody clearly <laughs> somebody no. is out here right. doing their own thing. Isn't that what we're talking about all the time? How women, black women in particular, just, uh, like, uh, uh. Just no, so we're not going to start You know what I mean? Yeah. I gave you a warning. We're not going to start that. Thing. I gave you Nuh-uh. a warning. We even gave you time to change. You and, know what I'm saying? And, and really? still. Still. Is that why you was yeah. 10 minutes late? Yeah, that's why gave me time to raise. So you had okay. extra time? Is that mm. right? Mm. I'm just going to be like, okay, I see how y'all doing. Let the gas lighting begin. another 10 yeah. minutes? Oh, Let yes. the gas yes. lighting begin. Yes. Now you're going to switch well, up the frames. It's like you that. feel me? You I didn't do that. Yeah, just that like black women. Changing up the perspective when they're losing the argument. No, that is not me. I didn't have to switch up the frames. I don't know who did that. It wasn't me. Uh, It might have been Nick over there because he's sneaky like that. See how he got tears coming down his face. My hands are not even near the computer. I'm just saying, her neither is mine. Look, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Hurting people hurt people. So, you know, it's all good. I did not do this. (laughs) Don't blame me on this. I did not do this. It's all good, though. So, listen, but listen, it's okay because SNL was about to redeem herself by starting the podcast off. You know what I'm saying? You already know what it is. You know what time it is. Let's redeem button. How about that for a podcast intro? You know what I'm saying? A little bit of music, a little bit of You know what I'm saying? You already know what it is. Big Nick Energy, AKA Nick is real nice. Nick is hella nice in the motherfucking building. So we won't get paid for this podcast on YouTube. 
<laughs> welcome to the Black Lives Chatter podcast. We might be able to edit that in post. But anyways, it's not about me and my curse words. It's about <laughs> we're here. I'm with two of my favorite people to talk to about love and life and all things black, bliggity, 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 black. Um, but without further introduction, man, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, y'all. Black Lives Podcast, Black Lives Chatter Podcast, excuse me. I'm just so excited. We got SM Jones, Just Jane in the building. Introduce yourselves, man. Let the people know who you be before we start talking our talk. So start so, ladies first. So super quick. I don't think hell is a curse word anymore. So you might get a pass on that. It's the yeah. other curse words that mm -hmm. we don't get a pass on. But with that being said, SM Jones, best-selling author of Black Women Love 2, a book about relationships, self-love, and community, but also a community advocate. I am a strong advocate for the youth. And as a matter of fact, I volunteer freely my time as well as my resources because I want to support our youth because I recognize there's a deficit in our community and so i want to be the person that filled the void shame mm. one yeah yes. so it's just j in the building just j mm -hmm. one letter there's more to me but there's more to all of us you know what i'm saying so that's why i'm here you know black lives chatter we know that black lives matter but you know until we talk and get to know each other better the ways that people use the device will continue so you know we need we need a drum beat we need a drum beat, not just for like black people in, in, in California or in the Northeast or wherever. We need a drum beat all across the nation, all across the globe, black people talking, you know what I'm saying? Spending our knowledge. So that's why I'm here, you know, as a former educator and a person who's lived the life is just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? I don't judge nobody because I know we're all trying to find our journey, but we find it best when we communicate. So let's chop it up, man. All things black matter. So we chatter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how am I supposed to follow that shit up? You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to just drop all the curse words. We're not going to be able to monetize nowhere on the platform, okay? I'm going to have to come out my own pocket. Um, I mean, y'all pretty much said it, y'all, but I got to give some disclaimers, right, for anybody out there. Listen, I'm not a, like, a professional uh, advice giver. I'm really not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. You know, I'm not a financial guru. I'm not a real estate guru. I don't have any courses that I want to sell you. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Um, I just happen to be a black man in America uh, who happens to love a black woman who's also in America and have a kid, you know, and then create relationships with black people in America. You know what I'm saying? And care about the things that we talk about. So I'm just a person with an opinion and a microphone. You know, I spent a couple of dollars to be in this position to like talk my shit. Um, so don't hold me to no fucking bullshit standards, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not doing that. I'm just talking my talk, you know? And uh, I respect other people's talk, but let me talk my talk. So if you want to find out more about me, check us out at the BLC pod, all over socials, you dig what I'm saying? But man, super excited to be here. I think we did cover a little bit of why we're here. Did we want to touch on that just a little bit? Like, I guess for me, I'm here because... From a very long age, I've engaged in these types of conversations as a kid. I was doing a program called Kids on Kids on my dad's program. The idea of giving voice to young people at the time was amazing. I've done like TV shows here in Atlanta. I've done um, web series and stuff like that and expression, all black shit for the most part. And really just trying to like allow people to tell their stories, and engage in the larger conversation. So <clears throat> for me, it was important to have a space where, yeah, we're going to be a little toxic. But the truth is we're solutions oriented. Um, you know, we got to fight back some of the shit that's out here. 
you know, we got to be like the Avengers and come together and have real conversations. So that's why I'm excited to do this uh, podcast and I'm excited to do it with y'all two people. Y'all are amazing, y'all too. Um, so yeah, I mean, any, anything else y'all want to add on why we're here, y'all? Why are we here? So yeah, I just want to say that I'm here because I'm so tired of the gender wars that are taking place in our community. I don't understand what's going on between the black man and the black woman as far as how do we get to this point where we damn near hate each other and how we can heal this divide because at the end of the day, without the black man and black woman working together, we won't have black unity. If we can't have black unity, then we can't have black economics. If we can't have black economics, then we can't not have black political power in the United States. And so many people fail to recognize that it starts with that divide and that divide is on purpose. So I'm here to be one of the positive voices and create a neutral space so that it's not let's bash the black man, let's bash the black woman. But in reality, let's talk about the issues that affect us that's leading to us bashing each other. Mm. If you haven't gathered it by now, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I tend to run on. I'm here because they're here. You know what I mean? Facts. I'm here because they're here. And you know what I'm saying? Where else? That's why you're here, right? That's why you're listening, why you're watching. Yo, we're all here. That's why That's why it's the, it's the place to be. Let's get it. Nick, what yeah, you got man. to tell us, man? I mean, well, listen, because, you know, it's just people's first time in, in our house. You know what I'm saying? This is the first time we're doing this thing. So typically, you know, we got to give a little intro, but then we kind of hit them up with the hot topics. You know, a couple mm. of things happening in the space. Right. We kind of, you know, talk about like a main topic and then we kind of, you know, wrap it up or whatever. But, you know, listen, we respect your time. So as much of your time that you want from us, we'll give you, you know what I'm saying, in terms of this conversation. But as we continue to grow and expand, kudos to you for tapping in on the very first episode of the Black Lives Chatter podcast. Numero uno. Low key, though, by the way, there's a rumor. There was another episode that was supposed to be the first episode. I don't think that thing will ever see the light of day if it in fact exists. <laughs> But I'm just letting the people know, you know what I'm saying? The people are in my ear telling me that's what it was. Um, with that being said, <laughs> let's talk rumors, about it, man. Hot, <laughs> hot topics. <clears throat> the first thing we want to talk about today is Erica Mena, right? Um, why? Because Erica Mena of Love and Hip Hop had a conversation with Spice, right? They were talking, shit scripted. As you kind of know, reality shows are a little bit. But it got heated um, during the conversation. First, I think it was Spice who was like, that's why your son don't even like you. I guess it touched the nerve and Erica Mena. Erica Mena was like, what? And so she went ham to the point that she also called Spice things like monkey. And we already know how sensitive that could be. And so subsequently, uh, Miss Erica Mena finds herself being terminated from the show, effective immediately per Amona Scott uh, release or whatever. So, um, you know, there's so many layers, maybe, right? Like you start it, but then you can kind of limit how I finish it, right? <laughs> Racial components. Can you say something? It's just a lot here, y'all. So, you know, hot topic, which I think about the whole Erica Mena and Spice situation. Well, I'll just go ahead and jump into this can. And I'm going to say, uh, frankly, I think it was handled the way it should have been handled. Mm -hmm. uh, I think everybody had choices, right? Now, it, it, it let I, I think the term is 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 ugly when applied to any person, no matter what their particular ethnicity or uh, whatever uh, ancestry website says their origins may be genetically. Uh, I think it, it it just the implications of it. So uh, then you add on the con the the person who said it wasn't saying it within the same kind of uh, demographic, right? So it was like one. Uh, racial division, if you if you describe it in a way, saying it to a different one, 
So that is definitely racist. And, and, it's, and it's not only racist, it's demeaning, it's dehumanizing, right? So that's not a way we want to treat anybody. So I think there's no place for that uh, in love and there's no place for that in, in hip hop. And I'm glad to see there's no place for that in, in Atlanta either. So um, uh, up and on that, um, she got what she had coming. I mean, yeah, the lady mm -hmm. said something about her child or whatever, but that's, uh, that's about you. You know what I mean? And that's still like, you know, she had a, a, much, a bunch of ways she could have responded to that, right? But I do think that, um, you know, I remember when there was an ad uh, in a, in a, some years ago, um, had a, kids wearing shirts, and then one of the darker kids had a shirt that said, coolest monkey in the jungle. Like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one kid had a soldier shirt, and other, it was, you know, it was weird. Um, so I, I, I think that that, when she said it, she knew exactly what she was saying. Thanks. She knew exactly the impact it would have. And she chose to go there. And she chose to go there on the, on the platform that she went there on. You Thanks. know what I mean? And then yeah. I heard somebody say some bull like, oh, uh, the, 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 the TV producers were wrong. They should have cut it out. What? I thought it was reality TV. Right? Reality. The reality is that's how she felt. She said it with her whole chest. And then that's what, that's what it is. Right. In other circumstances, she might have caught a beat down had it not been on the same similar platform Facts. or with a person who was was elevated mentally. You know what I'm saying? She lucky she didn't say that to someone who had monkeyish tendencies. Because in my eye and bashing in the skull. I'm I'm done. I'll end it. Look, I'm just gonna go ahead and agree with all of that because at the end of the day, I'm actually glad that she got immediately fired because right now we see so many lack of repercussions for this anti-blackness, right? So what she stated was not only rooted in racism, it was rooted in anti-blackness. But I think what irritates me the most is that certain type of women and people in general that are, I'm going to call it adjacent to blackness, they benefit off of blackness, they benefit off of being adjacent to blackness, and then they'll literally go and take a poop on those folks who got them where they are, right? So by her saying that, she literally just showed her disdain to the people who got her to where she is because it's called love and hip hop for a reason, right? So she embraced the hip hop community, but she actually didn't embrace the people themselves because if she did, she would have never muttered that word out her mouth in the first place. So I'm just going to go ahead and say she can take her. Mm, mm, I'm doing. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> trying to save us some money. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad one of us is working on that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because I was more. definitely about to <laughs> use some words, and that started with M and ended with ASS on and find a new platform to benefit herself on. And so I think that's actually an issue in general with people who benefit from blackness, but at the same time, will be the first person to be anti-black or shoot out racist terms. So I say congratulations. You got what you deserve. Kick rocks and keep it moving. So listen, man, um, I think it was in Mona Scott's right to do what she did if she felt like, you know, she did not want that as part of her show moving forward, right? Um, she is the person who can make that call. I guess when you talk about anti-Blackness, the question is, why did they even allow that to air in the first place, if in fact they did allow that to air, right? Um, was it anti-Black when they allowed it to air? Um, yes, it was. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But Mona Scott's not firing herself, right? I think it's easy for people to cower to perceive the backlash when they allow something and try to CYA on their end, right? I'm not absolving Erica Ben of doing anything, but I do think 
if we're going to try to hold people accountable, right, um, who allow that to even be edited or to be put out there in the first place, right? They do it because they put these people in these situations. They want that yes. type of dynamic, right? And I think it's convenient for them after they not only set it up, profit from it, put it out mm -hmm. there, and then want to pretend like, oh, it's just Erica. You know what I'm saying? Erica's been problematic. They look for that when it comes to these particular shows. And so she's in character doing her part, right? And then I also think there's a larger conversation about, like, if you slap me, am I only allowed to hitch slap you back? Can I, can I punch you? Can I stab you? Can I shoot you? Like, once you choose to engage with me disrespectfully, what responsibility do I have to like play nice with how I choose to shoot at you, right? And if we're gonna be honest, the whole goal of shooting is to shoot somebody in the heart or in the head, right? You want a one-shot kill. You're not gonna shoot them in the arm or the leg, maybe if you're that strategic, but most people aren't. You're shooting to kill. So why wouldn't insults work the same way? right whether or not i mean these things am i saying these things because i know it will hurt you you know what i'm saying because at this point the point is you guessed it to hurt you <laughs> you know what i'm saying so um i don't care that she was fired she's out here doing her tubi movies you know what i'm saying go go ahead erica girl make your money uh, <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh do i feel some type of way i mean she's taking black dick you know, so, you know, however way that she justifies her existence, if she really feels that way about black people, that's her thing. She got black kids, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's something for her to deal with. But that's just my thoughts, y'all. I just thought it was funny to talk about it because, um, yeah, yeah, it was interesting <laughs> stuff. But that's my two cents. Anybody else before we move on? <laughs> Look, I'm just going to say at the end of the day, I understand that she's taking black and it's a lot of folks who's taking mm -hmm. Black something, some eggplants and some other things, and they still can be racist as hell themselves, regardless if they're, because there's like women who have biracial children that's racist towards black people, you know, and so I'm just going to say that regardless of black dick, black kitty cat, or whatever the case it may be. I'm, you know, recognize where like what's buttering your bread, <laughs> right? Like recognize what's buttering your bread. But I like how you played into the prime time because that's our next hot topic is. Well, no, so I said pound town, but I, oh, like, I, I said prime time. Oh, no, that's my prime time. Okay, that's that's okay. a good I thought you said prime time. No, I, I was saying take <laughs> them to pound town. But we can transition okay. to <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. If we're ever gonna make it to prime time. Let's, let's now. Yeah, we were, you know, yeah, yeah. So speaking of prime time, <laughs> um, so there's a lot of um hating on prime time as well, right? As far as and I'm gonna say this because I'm a proud JSU grad. There was when he left Jackson State, it was like a hole was torn out of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Like he just took his hand, put it in there, ripped it out, and then threw it on the ground and stepped all over it. Because when he left, 24 other players also put their their um papers or whatever kill may be into the transport uh transport porter portal. Oh my goodness, 
And um, nine of them actually went on to go with Colorado. Now, what I will say is that what most people don't realize is that he actually did a good thing because he did exactly what he wanted to do and what Jackson State paid him to do, which was raise their visibility. Right. People don't understand that it was a reciprocal relationship while they still hating on them. And so what I will say is kudos to his win. Right. And, and a lot of people was hoping he was going to fail. A lot of people was like, oh, he's going to. At the end of the day, he still ain't blah, blah, blah. He's not ready for prime time at this um, university and so forth. So I just want to get y'all opinions on this hatred that folks got for Deion Sanders. Is it valid? Like, what's really going on? Yo, so Deion made moves for Deion. And I don't think that that's a different Deion than we've ever seen before first. So I don't understand why all the hate. Dion has always made the moves that were good mm -hmm. for Dion, and we liked the moves they were, that Dion made, as long as they were on our agenda. I think this is the issue of people putting their own ideas of what they thought Dion was doing was doing on Dion. Right? He's there to take care of his family. He's there to make him some money. Right? He's there. He's yet yeah, raising visibility. Yes, make uh, JSU a, a, a winning team. Yes, you know what I'm saying. To make make them uh yeah, I mean I should say make them a winning team. Look, I, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi myself. Uh, I've been on the JSU campus multiple times. I can tell you that what that everything that he brought to JSU is 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 better than what it was when it when it was there. I would say. Uh, but now on top of that, yo, the brother's writing his own story. You know, now he took him taking on those players. Ooh. You know what I mean? That's a little, that's a, like, you know, it's okay for you to go. But don't pull a Jerry Maguire and who's coming with you. Just go. He took you know nine for sure, but 24 put their names in the transfer portal to hope. Right. And then he took the top nine. So you see what I mean? So now I, that's, that's, that's kind of like in a breakup when you just take stuff and take the ice trays and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like, stop, stop. So I, I feel like, you know, you can be mad for that. If you're a Jackson State fan, I think outside of that you should just be able to celebrate another mm -hmm. another person who is, is who probably was not expected to do what he's doing is getting it done, right? And so I salute Dion. Dion, do your thing. And when you leave Colorado, because I know that you will, um, uh, good luck to where you're going next, man. And you're probably going to build a team with your sons on it or whatever, and then go from there and take him to the NFL. And then when he does, you heard it here first. I'm out. So, I mean, oh, there's so much here. Um, where do I want to start? Um, so there's, you know, when you talk a certain type of way, the way that prime time has talked throughout his whole entire career, people are going to feel aggy about that. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain level of bravado and confidence that as a black man it is very hard for certain people to tolerate, right? Certain level of success, showmanship, you know what I'm saying? And so Dion being Dion, I think elicits the response from people, you know, the magnetism, you know what I'm saying? He walk it, you know? So um, I get why a lot of people love him. And I also get why a lot of people, you know, have issues with him. You know what I'm saying? Um, there is that challenge when you do talk that talk that you're expected to walk that walk. So I think the challenge before him is a lot different than it was at Jackson State. Um, as far as the players leaving, it's like, yo, they came for him. So if he's bouncing, they bouncing. We out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like I would have came to for some of those players if it wasn't him. So if he's going to be gone, I got to be gone, too. You know, I got to figure out my situation. And, you know, the truth is that the HBCU system has, needs a lot of help. And one man was not going to solve or alleviate all the problems that the HBCUs and athletics faced. You know, it was a lightning in a bottle situation. And hopefully people kind of was using that as an opportunity to try to get more people to want to coach, 
those teams. Um, I forgot Ed Reed, I think, was one guy who was interested of a stature who was trying to coach, I think, BCC at the time, <clears throat> even though things didn't work out. So you make the impact where you can make the impact, bro, and then you got to keep on doing what you got to do, especially keeping yourself, your mind, your family, your goals and aspirations. So I can never really hit on Dion for that. And I think that people need to just find something else to love on. You know what I'm saying? Because he gave you what he gave you. Like for those three years at Jackson State or for three, maybe whatever years, put the program into elevation. You know what I'm saying? People were talking about it. It was on ESPN. So, I mean, I think he did what he the, what he could do, um, left that program better than what he found it, um, and then put himself in a position to show the rest. Because here's the other story, and I'm going to land with this, right? The other story that I think a lot of us as black people um like about Dion it's like he's taking his own path you know what I'm saying he's doing so unapologetically you know what I'm saying he wanted to coach prior to Jackson State there was a conversation about him coaching with Florida State our alma mater right maybe he didn't have the credentials right they wanted to see what he could do first so he went to an HBCU brought that program into relevance has a great opportunity at Colorado uh, to show what he can do on that level and if he does at least halfway as good as I'm sure he potentially could do, he will be able to write his future in terms of the next stop that he's at any like top tier program. You know what I'm saying? And low key as a Florida state alumni, what better way? Like, come on home. You know what I'm saying? If you don't get it done with the current guy, that would be amazing for him to be able to come on home and help restore Florida state to its prominence. So, I mean, I'm, a, I guess I'm, I'm revealing that I have a little bit of a bias towards Deion Sanders. <laughs> At the end of the day, primetime did what primetime normally does and do, right? He stayed primetime. And so most of the folks who was hating on him was everybody. Let's be honest. It was everybody, black, white, it didn't even matter the color. At the end, they just wanted him to lose because he also did a pre-interview where he stated that um, they were talking about culture. And in his interview, they was like, well, he said he was tired of hearing the word culture, right? And what does that mean? And they were talking about, well, it means the culture of football and get the football team to work together and so forth. And, you know, his comment was, his comment was like, no, I just need good players. And, um, and that, that way we'll win. And so when he won this first game, it proved exactly what he said, that he just needed good players, you know. But, you know, speaking of players, let's go ahead and talk about this golden bachelor. I don't know. What the hell this golden bachelor is about to be about? And okay, let me be honest. I know what it's about. It's like 22 women who are of the geriatric components. Now I'm just kidding. Of the Ooh. older, of the older elder generation between the ages of 60 and 72, apparently, because you know old people need love too. And so <laughs> <laughs> so they're about Not to compete with this. Need love too. That's crazy. I'm just saying, you know, black women need love, black men need love too, old people need love too. That's like just because you got one foot in the grave, and now that we're living longer and older, let's be honest. Um, everybody got to have love. You know, it's, it's shown. You know what I'm saying? Or orgasm. So. <laughs> This 72-year-old bachelor is moving, uh, has these 22 contestants. The youngest one is 60. The eldest one is 72. And to be honest, I went ahead and took a look at the pictures. And these women look kind of hot, you know, to be in their elder years. And so I was shocked and surprised. But here's my question. What triggered a show like 
the Golden Bachelor, right? Like what triggered it to, because we already have the Bachelor, are they saying the Bachelor's played out, the Bachelorette is played out. And so now we got to shake it up and show old folks need love too. Is it because the gray divorce era is amongst our horizon? Is mm. it because there's more elderly people seeking love? And so I'm just curious, what could have possibly triggered this? And more importantly, what are y'all thoughts on this? I'm going to try to be quick. You know, we got a lot to get to today. So just real quickly. Uh, <laughs> um, well, first of all, listen, the baby boomer generation, right? It's probably one of the largest uh, demographics out there, right? Like that generation. So you're creating content for a large group of people, to be honest, which that makes sense just from a demographic standpoint. Like, you know, like you said, there's people divorced interested in these type of things and and to be honest with you i'm interested i want to see what they talking about like it's fascinating to me you know what i'm saying to see a couple of late 60 maybe early 70 year olds you know trying to find love how they navigate the conversation they're having i mean the truth is god forbid some of us are going to be in that position so it's it's fascinating television so i think the easy answer is, is because a large group of people the baby boomers who they're targeting with this and, they, and should they they should and then also there's some of us who are going to still be interested in it and lastly i mean i, I think yeah, the truth is people don't stay on jobs as long as they used to they don't stay in relationships as long as they used to so this may be a reality that many of us need to be exposed to the possibility that we would be out here in our 70s trying to get some and i'm gonna land with this because this is the thing that was finding i was finding difficult because i'm gonna still want to probably fuck when i'm 70 right so then i'm thinking like you know am i gonna cause her to break a hip like you know at that point does sex become dangerous you know what i'm saying start thinking about like just you know what i mean like what if she has heart a heart condition you know and orgasms could be life-threatening you know what i mean like so i was like you know are they going to talk about those things all the golden bachelorette like hey it's been a great day let me take my my heart medication before i get up out of here that's cold that's cold <laughs> that would make you the second tender serial killer <laughs> So, ahead, um, yeah, um, uh, I think there's a lot of impact that that, that the show can bring. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna shake my head. What I'm saying, there'll be golden showers. Uh, <laughs> Accidentally, I'm sure. Accidentally, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, Incontinence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? We ain't they right. We clean. about to get boycotted from the start. <laughs> they got to stay clean. That's why I, I, I don't know what he was talking about. I, they got to stay clean. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but, you know, it'll get, if you think about it, it, it will it will help. First off, I, I wouldn't have normally watched the show. All right. I wouldn't have. Now, the fact that SM, you feel like some of those ladies are hot makes me interested. Uh, Two reasons. One, uh, what do you find hot about older ladies? I like to know, but that's for another time. And then no, some, of the other some of them are hot, though. I can confirm. Hey, that. I'm that's not saying or not. I I'd like to know S and M's criteria. That was all. Okay, that's all right. Okay. So now the other the other thing was um, uh, yeah, dating <laughs> and that be able to reimagine dating in that time, right? And what it looked like at that age. I, I'm married to a beautiful black woman, and uh, I couldn't be happier, right? I have the marriage that I always wanted. However, you know what I'm saying? It's to death do you part. And, you know, you can't always control. I know from experience, you can't control when a spouse leaves, leaves you due to uh, illness or, or, or some other untimely. Death is always untimely, right? Um, but that being said, you have to think, you have to at least have some, some image of yourself 
processing through that, you know what I mean? In order to be able to face it when it comes. So I think the show could be good for people being able to reimagine what it looks like when you're dating at that age, you know? Maybe even there's economic impact of people going out more, being more uh, that age group now rejoining the consumerist market as they try to apply the affections of other people or whatever, you know? Uh, we got dates, we got gifts, you know, it's a whole thing, a whole chain effect that could happen. Sex there. Boys, uh, <laughs> for shizzle, you know what I mean? Niagara. Uh rubberized showers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you guys are making this horrible sounding. I just want you to know that just based on what you said, I no longer have any interest in even watching this because I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to hear these issues, to be honest. And <laughs> I don't, I don't, oh, yeah. I'm confused now. I'm like, at first I was like, oh, this might be interesting. But now I'm just like, um, side eye. Well, look, yeah. we'll tell you what happens. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in watching it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. watch clips. I'm, I'm getting up there, man. Listen, I'm 45 by the term, 40 plus. So this might be me. I need to do all my research as I, as I possibly can right now. That's real. Um, but y'all mind if we just kind of get into the Trump thing before we get into the main topic? You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, that's good. You know, all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, y'all, Trump is uh back, right? Or is he, right? Because he got indicted, like I think a week or so ago, right? And people were like, yo, when he gets indicted, it's it for him. It's a wrap, right? Everybody knows the show is over. He'll be busy. Mm -hmm. uh, but Trump, being Trump, has managed to raise $7.1 million since his mugshot was taken. Get that right. So, uh, and this isn't that this isn't campaign funds. So the trouble he's in with campaign finance or whatever, this won't even affect that. This is just now Trump money that he can use in his campaign, but he can use for a lot of other stuff. The point is that the people who support him are not deterred by this. They're encouraged by it. And I, I don't know if it shows a certain social psychosis or some deeper understanding of the legal system, which we have the melanated persuasion have clearly yet to grasp. But, yo, uh, it looks like he, he, he's actually gaining strength and momentum from this. What do you guys think? Well, I just want to add one little thing, which is not only that, but and since last week, he's now up 46 points from Ron in Florida, right? 46 points. Now, part of that is because Ron dropped down. and But at the same time, before Ron took that little dip, um, he was still at 36. Now it's 46. So in one week's time frame, it's been 10 points extra. And I'm just like, wow, this is absolutely amazing because I think he earned the name Teflon Don because I'm trying to figure out how in the hell if anybody else was a criminal or had any of these indictments, not to mention before his previous election, he was actually on trial for rape, right? He was supposed to be on trial for rape. Well, let me put it that way. Uh, let me be more precise. Alleged to alleged rape. Let me use the words alleged because alleged, I'm one yeah, folks coming alleged. after me. You just canceled and, out our first episode. Right? right? I wanted to say alleged. And I was not proven. <laughs> Right? Well, we already screwed that pooch, you know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> now, now, SNM wants to de yeah. deplatform us. Yes. I just want to tie this. We are all so, to a great start. That's why I said alleged. I cleaned it up and said alleged because I don't know what the case may be if it. And um, but anyways, the point is, is that this dude earned the name Teflon Don. You know. Like whatever bounce on him, bounce right back out. He benefits. And it amazes 
me because I'm not sure if it's because he's considered the maverick and uh, the maverick of politics. So therefore, they want to support and ride and die no matter what happens or if it's because his white supremacist so-called alleged base is, see, I got better at using the word alleged. Thank you. It's deeply rooted into seeing him being successful. I have no idea, but it blows my mind that he is going, he has a major, he's a major contender for the GOP party. And I, I don't know what to say. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, I think I pretty much covered a lot of it. Um, there's a, a part of our culture that we celebrate the the rebels, the bad boys, you know, from James Dean to Tupac, right? You know, when people get locked up that we like, we scream free such and such until such and such is free. Um, so I'm not surprised by that. Um, I don't know necessarily makes him Teflon. I would like to see how that translate into him winning the uh, primaries. And that's going to come up. The opportunity for that's going to show itself right now. It's a lot of conversations. The field isn't that great. There's a couple of characters out there, but I think for right now, he has to still be the front runner. And I think the truth is, it just depends on if he can win a general election and against whom. Um, because if it's another rematch of the two oldest motherfuckers ever, uh, as far as Joe Biden and uh, Golden Bachelor. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's, thank you, right? Thank you for bringing it full mm -hmm. circle, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end, that's what it is. You know, it's the, it's the age of the generics or the, the generians, Get your whatever. Yeah, the geriatrics. Yeah. So, and hey, listen, we love y'all. One day we want to be y'all, but for right now, we're we're not y'all, and um, it is what it is. But with that being said, though, with that yeah, being so said, that, yeah, yeah, that being said, going, main bad topic, boys, right? Yeah. Yes. So, speaking of bad boys, uh, bad women, and all that good stuff, uh, <laughs> love and hypocrisy, right? Love and hip hop. Mm. We were talking about our homegirl, or used to be homegirl. I don't know how she works. I think she's out. Erica Mina and, uh, you know, how she did or whatever. And uh, so we're looking at ourselves in media, right? And how and 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 how we are moving and how media is moving us. And we're seeing, I'm seeing a problem, right? I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling like uh, we're happy. I'm happy we got on TV, but I, I feel, I'm happy where our images are out there and our voice is being heard, but somehow it, I think it's getting lost in translation or something. You got, I don't know. What do, what do, you, what do you guys think? Love and hypocrisy. Oh, so hold on. Just to put a final point on that, right? Because I know yeah. we were talking about like the impact mm -hmm. of, you mentioned media, but I think more specifically social media, right? Yeah. And as it relates to relationships. And nowadays, to that point, to connect that, most of how we see these clips are on social media, right? I saw the True. Erica Bennett clips um, through the Shade Room, right? And it's usually going to be snippets and may not include the full context of conversations. But the people who post these things know what's going to interest the audience, right? To get mm -hmm. them to not only follow mm -hmm. the page, but to engage with the page so that therefore they can monetize that particular page. So, you know, we were talking earlier about just the many ways that social media seems to be impacting relationships and probably like Esther mentioned early on, we have this whole gender war thing going on. How much of that is being fueled, right, by social media and then, you know, media even at large, right, whether it's podcasts or memes or these skits that people are doing that are communicating a certain thing about us and our culture. And then how are we possibly internalizing that and that being a result uh, you know, as it relates to our real life relationships, right? So that's why I think it's like love and hypocrisy because um, sometimes people say they want one thing on social media, 
but then their actions look completely different, right? Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned Derek Jackson, because he's an easy punching bag, but Derek Jackson was presenting this guy who maybe had these values and all along he was living a completely different life. You know, I'm in a group full of fellas where we share pictures of half naked women or women who are showing off their assets and we're liking it, we're sharing it, right? But then we'll say we want good girls, you know, women who don't have high body counts and who have morals and who are a little bit more moderate. But our attention in this attention economy is not speaking to that being a, the reality, right? That seems very hypocritical, right? And then on the women's side, you have women who say they want men who are emotionally intelligent and, you know, can do all these things, but yet they may fall for the guys who have good talk, smell good, you know, maybe some good peen. And it's like they're saying one thing, but their actions is dictating something else. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's kind of like just to put a little bit more final point on it, right? The different mm -hmm. ways that social media and even a little bit larger than that, media in general, is having an impact um, on our relationships. What's your thoughts, SNM, you know, as a woman? So I, on social <laughs> so media I'm going to say this, right? So I find it interesting how social media has changed and shaped our relationships, right? And the reason why I find it so interesting is because we're in this age, and I will go ahead and let's talk about the picnics real quickly, as well as uh, hey, watch what, your mouth. Pick me. So we know picnic slander here. Okay. I pick personally have, you have no a slander. home here. Pick I personally do here. not slander okay. pick-me's. As a matter of fact, I think the goal is to be picked. However, mm -hmm. in most cases, pick-me's are called pick-me's because they're doing it to the detrimental of other women, right? They're slandering other women in order to be pick-me's. But that's not the point. My point that I was trying to make was that we have all these conversations about what men look for in women, right? where they want somebody who's modest. They want somebody who um, is all natural or they want somebody who um, who's in shape or whatever the case may be like. And what's happening is they're saying that they want these modest women that cover up and so forth. But then, like you say, they're liking the baddies. And so to me, what they're asking for and what they're liking is completely different. As a matter of fact, a lot of times you see that the pick Misha's, as they call them, the pick me's aren't being picked because they're not being checked out. Even if you go to the grocery store, let's keep it into real life, right? Mm -hmm. The the modest chick that's grocery shopping is not being looked at. But if somebody, let's say a different chick who so happened, a different woman so happened to go in and she's not necessarily covered up fully, she's not modest, the guys in the grocery store are looking at her, they're checking her out. Or let's talk about the club situation, right? If you in a club, of course, you're going to go for the person that's peacocking, right? At least that's the way I look at it is that you go for the person that's peacocking. But then on Instagram and in social media, these same folks who's going for the women who are peacocking are saying, oh, no, I need a modest woman. Oh, no, I need a woman who's going to be submissive. I need a woman who's going to be traditional without actually really defining what traditional is. Now, on the women's side, I will say that there's a lot of women who say, oh, I want a good guy. I want a guy who's family oriented. I want a guy that's church going and whatever's clever. And then they go pick out the bad boy or they go pick up the thug on the corner or they go pick the toxic dude that's community dick. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, how do you expect to say that you want this, but you dealing with community here? 
And then you're getting mad that he's community or you're getting mad that he's a bad boy or you're getting mad. And then at the same time, if you wanted somebody who's family oriented, how are you going to say I want somebody family oriented? But you get mad because he won't take care of his kids by his baby mama. And you just so happen not to be his baby mama. But you throw a mad mm. shade on the fact that he won't take care of his kids. It doesn't make sense. And so I think there's clearly a disconnect between what we say we want and the actions that we actually take to get what we want or the people who we choose. I, I think we we want it all, and I think the problem is that we we tend to not know how to be um, nuanced or moderate, and uh, we just go uh, to exaggerated proportions, like uh, the dysmorphia that happens uh, from people trying to like mm -hmm. Instagram models. Right? Naturally, nobody's going to be born looking like these women are looking. It's going to take some surgery or something, or it's going to take a devotion to the gym. Maybe that that's like what they do. You know, forty hours a week. That's the job, right? They in there. And, and I don't know, eating oat bars or something. But uh, you want, if you want that same woman to also be, you know, saying, have a career, uh, keeping the house clean, raising the kids, and you're asking for something that just doesn't exist. It's, just, it's impossible time wise to fire off on all those particular levels, I think, at one time uh, at 100%. That's just not going to happen. So I think the, that the, un, the unrealistic expectations um, are set a lot of times through social media and we tend to play into them and we tend to, to put them out there. We make, we make caricatures in our attempts to get attention. You were talking about the, 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 the women who are like, yo, if people are dressing there modestly and nobody's looking at me, well, you know, yeah. But if you put it out there and that's what they are looking for in the future right now, like there are some people who are like, yo, I like the way you dress when I was talking to you and I don't like it no more. I want you to cover up. Those guys are, are basically insecure. And, and, or no, no, they either insecure. I won't throw them all. But then there's some who are thinking, "Oh, I thought she just dressed like that because she was trying to catch somebody, not because she was just expressing herself." Because you know, I'm saying whatever, right? And if she if she was dressed like that to catch somebody, then she caught me, girl. Put put your traps away. Let's keep moving. So I don't know. I guess you could say there's two sides to that. But I definitely feel like um, the. Uh, the misinformation, the 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 is a big thing. I think that we we do set expectations that are unrealistic, and we we do kind of uh, expect people to do things that they can't possibly live to on all levels. Um, do you mind if I circle to that body dysphoria really quickly? Sure. I just want to say that one of the things that I think is also hypocritical is that we have a tendency to say that this is the image we want, i.e., this natural woman, but people are liking the women with the BBLs, right? And they're liking the women with the um, breast augmentation and so forth. And then shaming the women who are then, who have the BBLs and breast augmentation at the same time. And so I just think that this body dysmorphia is causing other women to go out and get these BBLs and dine on the table in some cases because they chose to get it. Or they're going out and trying to create this Jessica Rabbit look that don't exist or shouldn't exist, at least not naturally. And that's also contributing to the decline in our relationship because there's a lot of women who went and got BBLs and they thought that it was going to keep their man, get their man. And then they're basically losing their man, so to speak, because he's oh, now can, saying, oh, I want natural. Go ahead. I can tell you why, because, oh, I'm so glad you said that, right? So listen, <laughs> this is where the confusion lies, right? Okay. A lot of y'all women folks and maybe some oh, men confuse attention with intention. You probably heard this before, right? So yes, if I'm at the club, I'm probably not looking for my wife at the club. I'm looking for something I'm trying to take down, right? And for us, we equate a woman who's dressed a certain type of way as a woman who's probably more amenable to receiving peen that evening, 
Okay. Now, after we talk to her, if we do give her some pain and things work out, maybe we can develop into a relationship. But in that situation, we're not thinking I could take her home to meet my parents. No, we're thinking I could take her home to meet my pillows. You dig what I'm saying? So I think people just have to be very comfortable, have to be very careful not to confuse attention, right? With intention, right? Because there's a lot of guys who, when it comes down to the women that they marry, I think there's also probably maybe credible evidence that men are not marrying the supermodels or the Instagram baddies, right? They're marrying women that they've been in relationship with. These are still attractive women, but they bring other qualities, you know, other parts of themselves. And I think part of that are women who are more modest or at least are more in line with the vision of how he sees himself. I can't envision myself to be the president of the United States or a bishop at somebody's church and be married to Cardi B. Like that would just be like, it would not comport with how I see myself and what I'm trying to accomplish and the woman who would be beside me on that road, right? I just think that's how guys think in regards to marriage. But when it comes to fucking, nah. So I disagree because it do be the women that are cute at the grocery store, just dressed in regular or whatever, that will still get shot at. Niggas are shooting everywhere. We shoot. You know what I'm saying? And in fact, the only difference is, is that are you a kill that we just want to mount on our wall or are you somebody that we feel like we can build a cabin with? You dig what I'm saying? I think that's really the main difference in regards to like when men shoot. It's not that we won't shoot. It just depends on what happens when we got you and what bag that we want to put you in. Hashtag taxidermy. So my point is, is I think that, yes, and the, dis and the dysmorphia part, comes into play because women think that in order to get the intention, they have to show their bodies. So whether they're natural or whether they're BBLs up, they are all gravitating and then showing you. I can't tell you how many pics I see with women showing you their face while also showing you their ass. And some of them are like decent women who aren't dressed any type of way, right? It's just that they are bought into that I have to present my ass as part of the package in terms of how I interact with people on social media. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to add this little piece to that. Uh, first of all, don't be shaming the Cardi B's of the world because if a soft porn star can make it to being the first lady, then anything's possible. So Cardi B, and nobody's shaming Cardi B. I'm saying nobody's <laughs> trying to wife her while they thinking they're gonna be president of the United uh, States. A soft porn star made it to uh, first lady. He didn't even think he was going to be president of the United States. <laughs> the sky is the limit. He I'm just saying, the sky is That's the limit. True. So. Sky he had to check and make sure she voted for him. He was looking at her box like, yeah, you got you know me. I'm third. But, but to move it up to the Jay's point, right, as far as unrealistic expectations, I think that goes beyond just the physical, though, right? Because when we see these memes or soft life conversations and men have to be providers and, you know, in terms of what women or men are expecting from each other, social media has certainly, I think, uh, exaggerated yes. how unrealistic people are and delusional that they are when it comes to their expectations. So can we talk about a couple of the ways that y'all seeing that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I as, as we were talking before, I'm thinking like, where are the people who are supposed to be like, speaking for the culture at this time, right? You're the gurus, how are they not, the points that SNM that you were making were, were obviously rational points, right? There were things that you would think any rational person could see as cause and effect situations, or uh, at least there being some some connectivity there. But it, you look around for the voices of reason and, uh, and a lot of people are just feeding the flames on some fake stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
projecting something that that, that uh, image that's not even really legit. Um, I, I think Nick, you brought up earlier. What's his name? Uh, the guy who was Jerry like, Jackson. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He was horrible. horrible. He was the, the best thing about First him of is all, he blessed us with little bitty ass t shirts, okay, in his car all the Can you time. Get your mind together. You know Clearly, he knew I'm how to saying. appeal to you, SNL. <laughs> he knew how to appeal to you, SNL. <laughs> and <laughs> let's be honest, and I didn't know who he was, so he went back. What they wanted to hear, and that's what his platform exactly. was was telling women what they wanted to hear versus living the life that he was telling women that they wanted to hear. I was not a fan of him except for his little boy t shirts. Oh, so you admit that you were a fan of his little boy t-shirts. Gotcha. Yes. I was a fan of his little boy t-shirts. candy. You're saying he was eye candy to you, basically. I was like, what's up with this little brother shirt he keep borrowing? You yeah, know what I'm but you liked it, though. You but kept, you kept watching. Hey, you kept, I'm kept just saying. in to see which shirt it would be. I was like, what color t-shirt would we have on today? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let me That's stop. your story. Stick, stick, to stick to no, it. No, but seriously, it though, that was the first thing that I was like, wow. He tell women what they want to hear versus providing something and then he wasn't even living so, the life that he was telling women so what's he trying to you think he was trying to protect like his 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 all right it, now first off he was flawed right because i think we have to we have we we all have to stand by what our principle or our code is whatever okay but do you think he was trying to protect his home life by not doing that so this no, man had a string of women uh, by not bringing those women home <laughs> no, okay. I'm like, so, that was the reason why they divorced was because he had a string of women. Well, I'm not, no, I'm saying what I'm saying is You're talking about his motivations, uh, right? His Jay. motivations, right? He was saying, we, "Yo, this is what we should be doing." Now, I got an issue. I really do have an issue with people who say, with people who put out what they should be doing, and and they act, and people who purport themselves to have mastered something that they are completely not even trying to practice. I got an issue with that. Right, for hands down, and I think that that one of our problems is we make. Are we expecting too much from people? Are we expecting perfection, or is it just that people aren't being transparent enough? No, I. So hold on. So if we're talking about the motivations, yeah. and I think we're talking about misinformation, right? Yeah, we're talking mm -hmm. about Derek Jackson a little right. bit. I think if you're talking about motivation, bro, the truth is people are trying to do and say whatever they can to get money from people. You have nice. all out scammers, right? People who are selling um, you an illusion just so you can do a transaction. And then when you get to the other side, you realize I've been scammed outright, right? Then you got people who are not quite scams, but it feels scammy. You know, think of like network marketing organizations. They're not really scams. They're not. And some of them are legit businesses, but there's a perception about that type of business business being a little scammy, right? So there's different gradations of how people will talk you out of your money, right? And what Derek Jackson and people of his ilk will do, including the guys who pander to men, is that they'll have this content out here knowing that people are desperate or are seeking mm -hmm. information or want some affirmation rather, right? We say we're seeking information, but a lot of time I think people are seeking confirmation, they're seeking, uh, they're seeking ways to mm -hmm. confirm their biases, yes. right? And so you find these people who are willing to say whatever, but like in real life, they may not be living that way. Their motivation is to get you to click on their video so they can charge ads, so they can become influencers and so on and so forth. So you have a lot of dishonest people. That's why, Jay, I think you'll find somebody saying something that you know that they don't, are not living, but they're still saying it because they want to prey upon people's weaknesses, hurts, traumas, desires. And I think that's what makes people like him pretty, pretty bad to do that. Because it's one thing to just keep it real 
And if people fuck with you, they fuck with you. You know right. what I'm saying? And right. it's also one thing to keep it real and you make a mistake. Like, let's say if you're a guy who's like a Christian who's who's always about like monogamy right. and doing the right thing. And then once upon a time, you slip up, you have an affair. If you come clean about it and people feel like you're being authentic and transparent, people will forgive you and you can move yes. forward. You dig what I'm saying? But if you yes. are somebody who is like a liar and we already felt like you was a liar and then when your lie got exposed, there's really, it's hard to come back from that. You Unless you write a book man. and do an apology tour, which is exactly what he did. Well, he wrote a book. I think he's still asked out. But my point is, I think it's important to call out, though. I do think it's important for us as the viewers to understand that some of these people are giving us uh, fake information, misinformation, or lying to us, or propaganda, or whatever, because they want to make money from us. And so Thanks. it's incumbent upon us as consumers to just be mindful of that. It doesn't mean that just because we're getting the same messages is true, because the same people are talking about it. No, they're tapped in to this idea that we can make money from this gender war bullshit, for example, and we're feeding into it, and we're making it more real than what it was. So just understand people's motivations. Yeah. Well, let's think about that, too. When we talk about, even though we're joking on Derek Jackson and whatnot, but there's a slew of podcasts that just focus on the gender wars and keep them going. And if you notice, the talking points are all the same. Like, the, the talking points never change. It's the exact same format, the exact same um, issues. It's the exact same. And so, in our case, and this is why I'm actually excited about this podcast, is that we can talk about the same issue but we won't have the same talking points. It won't be a, okay, well, if you're not traditional or black women are not submissive at any time, black women are exceptionally masculine and then justifications of why black women are so masculine. And so it's like, if we're gonna have that conversation, then we'll have a conversation that caused i.e. the contributing factors to whatever the perception is. And so what we're discovering is that there are so many podcasts that literally generate money um, about the gender wars. So one of the podcasts who named my show, she's a female and um, she's a woman. So I won't say what the podcast is, but she literally took all the talking points from the negative aspect of being a woman because her audience is actually not women. Her audience is men. And she repeats and affirm everything that they say, except the differences because it's coming out of a woman's mouth. They're like, well, she's a woman and she's saying it. So it must be true. And it's the validation that they're looking for. It's the validation that they need it. But in reality, they haven't really discerned the message and the person who's providing the message. In her case, she's really young, never been in a committed relationship for more than two years, apparently, never been married, but she's constantly providing advice on marriage. How can this person, so that's another thing we need to talk about, is recognizing the deliverer of the message. Is this person somebody who you can trust? Is this person somebody who's speaking and practicing what they're preaching? If it's a marriage guru who's never been married, how the hell they a marriage guru? And why in the hell are you listening to them? Except to affirm your own biases towards marriage. And that's all I'm saying. It's like, mm. we just need to recognize who we're talking to, their background. And I'm not saying I'm an expert, right? In anything, to be you honest. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm an expert in a few things, but I have to show you. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, not just to get a little weak, weak out there. Uh, you're not even there. I got you. Uh, I'm like, uh, all right, on the skill set over there. I mean, hey, you know, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, the phone yeah. number now over there. Right? Over there. Yeah. yeah, he pointing to something, all right. Uh, okay. yeah, I'll, I'll do it in post production. 
wow wow okay so uh yeah so i'm gonna ask you the jack of all trades masters of none and i'll stand by that but one thing i can say is that i got 24 years where i can speak on marriage you know so if you need marriage advice then come to somebody who got the years that has been good bad whatever's clever and get that type of advice stop listening to these gurus who don't have nothing behind them don't have anything to show support that but you know what let me get off my soapbox because like nick said at the end of the day, they're there to make money. So just be careful who you're watching, who you're following. Who you put your money that, with. But to that point, though, like, that's why we're also here, right? Because some of that falls on us who have the experience, but we'd be so caught up in our day-to-day lives. Maybe we don't really see the potential of doing something like this as far as podcasts. More people are seeing that now. So maybe you're getting a lot of voices. I'll be honest, like, in my experiences, when you try to do a positive, you know, podcast or, or a presentation, right? Oftentimes, I not work. You know what I'm saying? It's like the idea that we can be constructive, the idea that we can be productive, solutions oriented, right? But I think what it is and what's going to boil down to is our ability to have the really good conversations, have some dope people on. We're not going to always agree or whatever. We're going to have different perspectives. But I think also what's missing, though, is you kind of need the Pied Piper. You need, like, the bad guy. You know, like, like, can you imagine if if Derek Jackson would have been on some shit like, hey, ladies, you know what? The truth is some of y'all aren't deserving of a whole man. You know, uh, you know, you have to come to that realization. Um, some of y'all will need to share. You know, uh, I think the black community has improved when black women can get along um, better, particularly in the service of men. Um, there are some women, you know, who. So first of all, let know, me go ahead and do this know, bombastic side you know, eye. You know, <laughs> you know, no, I'm giving an example. Right now, I might have, I might have watched the show. If he, but, but, but I'm giving you an example of, hey, you know, I married a woman who, while it's great for my children, is inadequate when it comes to the things I need done sexually. Don't be her if you don't want her outcome, you know, in terms of just having to share a man. But some women are. So, like, if you have that type of conversation, I think there are some people who's like, you know, he's right. And as long as he's living that way, I think people would be okay with it. So, again, it's not, I think, so much what you say as much as it is, does it line up with who you are? You know what I'm saying? The other thing I'll say real quickly, though, too, about social media is that there's a lot of people who can't be that guy. Let's say even if that guy was that girl or that girl is that girl, right? Or whatever. But that's how, that's them. You ain't got the same looks. You ain't got the same money. You ain't got the same reach. You ain't got the same charisma. You ain't got the same personality. People are watching other people perform on social media and they're somehow thinking that they're deserving of that same thing or it's like, no, you know? I get like a movie, we tend to envision ourselves as the lead characters in the movies. I'm James Bond sometimes, right? But I live in the real world where I know I'm not really James, huh? I said that's called role playing in the bedroom. I mean, I see where your mind is at. I mean, I like it, you know, especially for the, for the audience, you know, your cosplay, you know. Let me find out you're a furry, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would never look at German. No furries, but I'm cool with leeches and collars. <laughs> I like this already. We're going to run. Let me stop. Hour. Let me hey, stop. But, but I do got one last question, though, to Jay's point, right? So the other part about social media, 
I think is like this idea of how much of ourselves we put out there, mm-hmm. the sanctity, the privacy of the relationship, right? So what do y'all think about how that part affects people? Because like, for example, when I notice couples get on like uh, reality shows, a lot of them tend to be divorced. I wonder, is the overexposure of their relationship, does it add others, you know, uh, responsibilities and pressures that... Oh, it looked like he may have froze. Yeah, I thought it was dramatic pause. I was like, <laughs> I lean forward pause. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> we started listening like, more intently. Like, yes, wait, what? Like, what? Wait, what's happening? Deep. Uh, but, you know, picking up where he was at, you know, uh, I do think that um, it does play in. I think that a relationship, in order to be effective, is it has to be, uh, is, is how two people choose to relate to each other. It has to be negotiated mm-hmm. between those two people, right? And, and while, while outside uh, perspectives can sometimes give you, um, you know what I'm saying, more information, and that's good, right? But you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen, right? You can't have too many people telling you, what, you know, putting ingredients, taking things out. You, you know, even the timing has to be um, uh, moderated by a, a, by a certain person who knows when things are going in and when things are coming out. So I do think being on the microscope uh, as a celebrity of, of sorts may uh, mutate the relationship, may put undue pressure on it. You know what I'm saying? That can stress people out. I think maybe trying to be in that limelight can can shift the focus off the relationship and more on, repre- on the representation of the relationship. I think that's something we fall into uh, oftentimes. Um, but even more than that, um, you know, it, we're moving into a digital age. And so we are our brand. And, um, you know, you really have to start being really careful about how you how you publish and publicize and how you promote your brand. Uh, you can you know, it's the reason you don't tell everybody in your family about what goes on in your marriage is because you don't want them looking side eye at your significant other if you if when you all get through it. Social media should be no different, except you've just expanded the crowd by an exponential number, right? Of people who may mm-hmm. take one snapshot of your life, your relationship, or your partner, or whatever, and because you said it, right? And then they, um, they're never you're never able to readjust that image or or to correct uh, the impression that was given. So I, I do think that people put a lot of too much of what they shouldn't put out there out there. I mean, they overshare. They overshare, and because they overshare, people try people try to either emulate them or people over exaggerate their reactions to things they probably had no business knowing anyway. So I just want to add to that. I agree with you one hundred percent, and I also want to add that there's social media couples where couples were literally couples just for social media purposes. They'll break up, get back together, break up, get back together, but because their page was a couple page and they was getting money from being a couple, then they're living this false life, right? Where they're like, oh, and it's funny because sometimes the with these couple pages, it'll start off where for a full year, whatever the case may be, they're in love and they're doing all this good stuff. And then the next year, they're like, we've decided to go our separate ways and they'll create these separate pages. And then they saw that they're not receiving the same amount of money. And all of a sudden, we're back together again, you know? And so for those... Those, the rise of the Instagram couples is what I call it. It's like, okay, this is cute, but at the same time, 
because everything is so and just like how you stated with the uh, with the celebrities at least because everything is so out there there's no real time to process what's actually going on in the relationship so if there's any issues or concerns in the relationship then you don't get to rat, um, adequately unpack it because one if you're living your life out and about in public, then that means you automatically tell the public that you can weigh in on that relationship. So if I posted about all my issues and problems on public, then I'm apparently one in the public opinion. And then public opinion seems to be able to sway, deter, or confirm one or the other side of the relationship. And so I personally don't see why so many people are willing to go public with all aspects of their relationships. And at the same time, I call it false flagging, right? where they're saying they're living this way and they have all this and there's no privacy. They're claiming they're 100% open and then they end up divorced, right? And, or they mm -hmm. end up splitting up. It's no different than the, the ladies who go on these trips knowing that they're with a guy on these trips, but they post a picture like, oh yeah, look where I'm at. And, but the guy nowhere to be seen, even though he's the one, they're actually on a couple's trip, right? Exactly. Nowhere to be seen because she, because she's pretending that this is something that she did. That's how they get them 13 trips. You know how we talked about earlier. <laughs> it's because mm. there is not that they pay for them 13 trips right. or maybe if they did pay for one or two of them, they didn't pay for 13, but it's that That's, presentation. You know what? Uh, they pay for the all girl trip. That's the one they did. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it's that presentation. So a lot of times we get so caught up in the presentation of something that we sac sacrifice our privacy. You know, like I joked earlier about the whole dog collar and leash. But to be honest, what I really tell folks, yeah, let's go ahead and bust out with them dog collars and leashes because that's what we do in my household. Right. Would I really be upfront and honest about that? Hell no. no. So if, even if I was a furry, you would never know I was a furry because I would never confirm one way or another that I get down on all fours or like to hop around with my little horsey or wherever the hell it is that as a furry mm, does. You mm, know what I'm saying? Mm. I would never is that right? any yeah. of that. Yeah, the imagination is amazing. Can you deny that one more time. It's just amazing. <laughs> I'd like to hear the denial. I believe you first. Let me say, I believe you. The point is, privacy is important. Yeah. I was just going to listen, man. Yeah. I feel like somebody just told themselves, but that's not my business. No. Neither confirm nor deny, like I said. Listen, to each his own. No judgment here. I think it's funny, like, the idea that couples are faking relationships on social media to gain a following and to make money mm -hmm. while other people are actually believing those relationships are real is the most hilarious thing to me possible, right? Like, because these people are faking a whole relationship. They're faking, like, their ability to travel, how much money they make. But you think it's real, and then you're judging your real life up to fake people, and then you're feeling some type of way about not only you, but then, even worse, other people, right? Which is ass backwards you know what i'm saying oftentimes people are not showing you the negative things you know some of those women who might be housewives i mean i'm not saying this is everybody but some of them are in prison like low-key they feel like they're trapped they don't you know who who they are and everything's about the service of others and losing themselves like everybody has their ups and their downs man so the idea that you're comparing your life is super fucking dangerous you know what i'm saying um because i don't think it ever like materialize you know what i'm saying for you because you're chasing a ghost mm -hmm. it's like it's like LeBron James can never truly be compared to Michael Jordan, but the idea that he can be compared to him causes him to chase this idea. You find yourself on a hamster wheel, and a lot of people ain't even LeBron James. You know, some people, you know, are like Harold Miners. You know, they were barely in the league, and they feel like they got chased Michael Jordan. Like, fam, have a career first. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, be able to get a long-term contract first, you know? Uh, some, of these, some of these people, what do you mean? Like, there is women out here who have not even shown the ability to be in healthy, long-term relationships where it's, like, not always dramatic or he's not always cheating on her and all this other shit. And somehow she thinks she's going to be able to get the same thing that the other girl got um, just because she looks better than the other girl, right? Which goes back to the point earlier about, like, the perception thing. So, um, me personally, I like to keep my shit private, um, primarily because we just give away our information if we don't understand mm -hmm. that we are product now. You know what I'm saying? These yeah. platforms use us. Like, we are the things that sit on the shelf for Instagram and all these different platforms. We are the product. They sell us because we don't pay for it. They That's sell right. us to other people who actually do pay for it. So me personally, I've always been the mindset that like, if you want access to my life, you at least got to pay me in social currency, right? Meaning that we have a relationship. Hell, it can even be like internet currency because we have a social internet relationship, <laughs> right? But this idea, I'm going to put all my business out there for everybody to consume. No, you're free of charge. And I don't, nah, nah, mm, I'm not going to do that. So you got to know me to know me, you know what I'm saying? Or you got to pay me like you owe me to know me. You dig? That's why I love mm. Jay-Z and Beyonce. Pay me like you know me. Yeah, because Jay-Z yeah. and Beyonce, if you think about it, most of the stuff that we learn about them is through commerce. Like when she had the whole, you know, I think it was the pregnancy thing, the, you know, the miscarriage or whatever, we learned that through a movie or a documentary that she did on Showtime or whatever. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like she was just sitting there doing interviews for free talking about what she went through. You know what I'm saying? Eve Eliminate, the idea that she was cheated on, what she said. She said, you know what? I'm going to package this up in a mm -hmm. bomb-ass album that's mm -hmm. going to be amazing. And when Jay-Z responded with 444, where he kind of admitted that he was doing wrong, that he just come out and interview, no, he packaged that shit. So I'm from the old school. I think a certain level of mystique is important to the public discourse or the public perception. And I just think keeping your business private is important to the relationship, like telling your friends and family all about your business so you can have all these different people in your ear who know mm -hmm. nothing about what's yeah. really going on but got an opinion. Now, all of a sudden, in your relationship, these voices are in, you know coming into your ears and you're making decisions based off of people who are not even in your relationship. So imagine if you're doing that with some cyber motherfuckers that you don't even know, y'all. It's just, it's just crazy. I just wouldn't advise it to nobody. You know, it's okay to hear people's perspectives, man. But we have to have like a way to to protect ourselves and insulate ourselves. You know, glean if it makes sense for you. Chew the meat, spit the bone, whatever. But uh, yeah, man, because the information has value. Yeah, yeah but it has value. Take it all with a grain of salt. Like even this podcast, whatever the hell we said on it, take it with a grain of salt, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. no, no, don't do that. <laughs> this this podcast is the exception. You should uh, believe everything that we say, whole cloth. You know, what I'm you're different. Okay, you know what I'm saying we keep it at a bean. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> You like you will time. not do this on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> this is the neutral zone. This is you get what you get. We all about yeah. one hundred truth facts matter. That's right. We you know love saying? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, <how did> <laughs> you know, matter of fact, if you're a furry out there, we'd love to join the conversation. Please tap in with tap us on, on socials. Every socials <laughs> at the BLC Pod. That's T H E B L C Pod. If you're a furry. Or just anybody who want to tap in. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I had to drop that little plug up in there. Uh, we'll have a full fur episode for the furries out there. Uh, <laughs> Chinchilla season is coming up. Saddle up. So that makes, that makes really good sense. Not saddle up. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but listen, you know what? Just like my son, when, when you know it's time to go, 
or at least uh, go to a nap and we try to get delirious. So it sounds yeah. like we're probably at that uh, yeah, pre-delirium stage <laughs> in terms of it's time for us to go. We about to get Any, into the dark. DLC uh, after yeah, dark. Talk yes. about furries and stuff. The second hour. Uh, so, any final thoughts? I mean, you know, for this episode, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> any final thoughts on? Normally, we probably talk about the topic, but just the episode overall, our very first episode of the Black Live Shadow Podcast. So, any final thoughts, y'all, before we get up out of here? Yo, so I'll go ahead and go. Here. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'll go ahead and go because, you know, we started with ladies first. So let lady goes first this time, too. Um, so oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just to all that, some, right? right? You know, equity ladies or equality. First. We got to make our minds up. But go ahead. You got it. <laughs> I'm just going to go, ooh. Don't let me say, I'm, I'm tone deaf. I can't even sing ladies first. That was not Y'all bad, remember though. that song back yeah, in the day? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that wasn't bad. And, so anyways, I'm just excited. Either, I hear your point, Jay. <laughs> you said it wasn't good either. Stop throwing shade on ladies first. She did one note. She is one note. I, I, I give her one All I need is one note, one note. So anyways, without the shade on ladies first, I'm just going to say that I'm actually really excited that we were able to complete this episode. I know this has been a long time in the making and I'm hoping that we could continue to move forward. I want this, um, um, the way we envision it is that this is a light, slightly toxic, you know, but mostly we're going to be on point and making sure that we share the information that needs to be shared. We just want to be one of the voices, i.e. one of the podcasts and the millions of trashy podcasts and start making a change this way, right? So people always ask, well, what are you doing in regards to this gender war? What do you have? You have such a problem with it. Well, what are you doing? Well, you know what? We Not only do I have the book, you know, to talk about the gender war and how we've internalized stereotypes, but now we got a podcast where we can literally just chat it up and provide an alternate, realistic perspective pertaining to the gender wars. So next time we hear folks saying, what are you doing? Hey, check out Black Lives Chatter. Hey, that's real. That's real. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like I said, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I, man, I, I'm I'm a fan of communication, right? I'm a fan of the exchange of ideas, right? I feel like uh, all of our problems can be solved, man, if we could just talk about it. Because we don't have to agree. We just got to understand where each other's coming from. So, you know, this place will be 100% real, and it might be a little bit toxic, but it's not toxic with any negative intent. We just hear. You know, sometimes when you're in a new environment, right, your system's not used to something, right? And it doesn't mean the thing in the, in the environment is, is evil or, or wrong. It just means your system has to learn to adapt to what's in that environment. This is going to be an environment, you know, of, of truth and just an introspective and outward look at, you know, what it means to be black right here, right now in this time. And uh, sometimes you're going to dig it and, and be on the vibe with all of us or one of us or none of us. But that's why you're here, because you got to give your voice. So I'm here because you here because they here. We here. I'm loving the first episode, everything I could have wanted it to be. And uh, man, I'm ready to do another one. Like, I really could go another hour, especially if we're going to do it after dark. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Stay tuned for that. <laughs> You know, because apparently the first guest is going to be the soon. priest. Um, yeah, it's coming soon. soon you know That's what, what I mean? She said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, listen, y'all said it. Y'all said it. You know, probably as good as I can probably have said it. Um, I just kind of want to reiterate that I am no um, expert. You know, um, I'm just a man with a mic and an opinion. Uh, I think we should have an opinion and be able to express their opinion. I think we have to have conversations. Sometimes uncomfortable conversations. I hope. 
that this could be a space where we can have those uncomfortable conversations to do so um, with a good heart, right? Um, I know today was a lighthearted conversation for the most part, but you know, I think it was in line with you know what we're seeing out here in the cyberspace. And our goal was to really just provide a podcast where people can actually put words together, uh, can speak proper English at times, uh, who are considerates, who are balanced uh, as it relates to the trials and the tribulations that men and women go through uh, without the misandry or the misogyny, uh, without the divisiveness or those who choose to divest. You dig what I'm saying? But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we won't have conversations with those people to try to really figure out where we're at with things and sometimes take hard stances. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. You know, uh, that rumored first episode could never, you know, this episode was amazing. And it was only amazing because I got two dope people with me who are thoughtful and can engage in conversations, have a little bit of fun, can laugh at themselves and laugh at each other. And um, ultimately, I think the, the secret sauce is going to be us, man, and our chemistry. So the first episode of Black Lives Chatter podcast, this was amazing. I think it does show that we've been building up to this point. So super excited about the first episode, y'all. I know, right? I we need some sound effects. Sound effects. We need some sound effects. Yeah. Or, or we can end it with this little this little song again. You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and show our intro. End it on the intro. What y'all think it, about that? End it on the intro? Uh, yeah. the, one, the recent one, right? You can do that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was great. I mean, I came in abruptly. I was ready to go again. This, this is what happens when a woman is running the sound and the board. Uh, I'm about to end this recording. How about that? Well, How about that, Shay? Them apples. It did. It did. We out, y'all. Peace. <laughs>